0: I know they'll be encouraged as they come, and that'll be uh, fantastic. Look, I've got a funky new drink bottle, everybody. How cool is this guy right here? So this, this person this morning, and we've been talking about reducing our plastic footprint here as a church, and so um, this lady came up to me on this morning, and she's like, I have a gift for you, and it's got my name on it. It's got Pastor Steve Green. In the front. She said, when you use it, you have to make sure that faces the front, so everyone knows. Don't take my water, man. It's actually for me, because I steal everyone's water on a Sunday. I'm like, I just find to drink, but I'm drinking it. Like, I, everyone gets crazy at me. But, uh, well, blessed to have you guys here tonight. This, did you know this is our sixth service of today? Uh, six services running today. We had 8.30, 10, 11.32. And then there's a service going on right now, and us going on right now as well. So there's two services at five, six of the day. And uh, so I'm believing the sixth is gonna be the best. Amen, in Jesus' name. Uh, we're, we're, I wanna speak uh, to, we're leading into Easter, we're only a couple of weekends away from Easter, and uh, if you are a teenager, you know a teenager, or you have a teenager, or you just like think you're a teenager, we would love to encourage you to come to Encounter Camp. And uh, I know many, many lives have been transformed through Encounter Camp. God just shows up in a massive way. If you have teenagers in your world, get them to Encounter Camp. The team's in the foyer. Frosty got saved at an Encounter Camp in Jesus' name. Uh, And listen, maybe you want to help get some teenagers to encounter camp. You want to invest and maybe give a gift or donate or sponsor some kids to get to camp. We don't wanna let anything get in the way of young people going and experiencing God and coming away with their own miraculous God encounter stories. Uh, like there's nothing that will get you get you so connected into God, like experiencing His reality for yourself. And so I wanna encourage you, if you, if you wanna do that, then we'd love to help you do that. Just go see the team in the foyer. That, that'll that be amazing. Uh, we, we're leading into Easter and I wanted to uh, preach a message that I actually have done a few weeks ago, but I feel like it's kind of aligned so beautifully with leadership. Uh, with into Easter. Because Easter is the story of God reconciling humanity to himself. That's the story of Easter. Jesus coming to a cross was about bridging the gap between a lost humanity and a holy loving God. And it's God's extravagant, like outpouring of his love to come and give himself as a ransom for many. And it bridged this divide. And I kind of feel like what, like, what does that like amalgamates and it kind of culminates in this beautiful thing, which is this connection between God and humanity that we call prayer. Prayer is like this amazing open door that we get a conversation with God. We get to connect and commune with God. It's this way that we can use what Jesus did for us on, a cro- on the cross where he paid for our sin and our debt and he reconciled us to God. Now we have this open conversation with God. And so I wanna preach to prayer tonight, is that okay? And I wanna actually, uh, I wanna explore one of the most famous prayers in all of scripture. It's, it's known as the Lord's Prayer. I don't know if you've heard it before. I don't know if this is all new to you, uh, but I've got, it's in your notes there and it's gonna be on the screen and I'm gonna share it and read it as well. If it's not familiar to you now, it might be a bit more familiar to you by the end of this. If you've never heard it before, then well, welcome, this is the first time. So I'm blessed to be able to bring this for you, okay. So. It goes a little like this. as Matthew chapter six, starting in verse number nine. It says this, In this manner, therefore, pray. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever." Amen. This um, prayer that Jesus teaches here is, in and of itself, it is a prayer, but it's so much more than that. In fact, it's a prayer that was prayed on the daily by the early church, and early church fathers and Christians, they would pray this two, three times a day. But it's not just a prayer in and of itself, it's actually Jesus giving us a model and a method for how we're to pray. But even more than that, it's Jesus showing us what it is prayer does and what prayer achieves in our lives. Because prayer is so much more than what you think it is. Prayer, Like this, this open door of prayer between us and God, it's so much more than God doing stuff for you. It's like, that's just like the tip of the iceberg. And this this Lord's Prayer actually shows us the outcomes, the objectives, like what prayer achieves in your life and in my life. And so I want to explore that today. And I want to spark a heart inside of you to begin to pray like you've never prayed before. I really believe like my heart is this church would be a praying church. And I don't know where you sit on the spectrum of prayer. I don't know whether like you're right now, you're like the, like the out of control pray person. Like you are just all in. Your prayer life is amazing. When you go to pray, archangels sing. Maybe that's your prayer life right now. Maybe you're at the other end of the spectrum and right now your prayer life is a zero out of 10. Like you're like not even praying. Maybe you don't even know God. Maybe you don't, this is like your first day in church and like prayer is nothing. Maybe you've been coming to church for a while and you're a Christian, but your prayer life is maybe a one or a two. My my prayer is that by the end of today and by the end of the session, you're maybe like encouraged enough and inspired enough to take a few steps up that ladder And maybe if you are a prayer and you're loving it, this just encourages you to go even further and just to dig into God. And I don't know where you sit, but I know that prayer can radically change your life. It really, really can. This conversation with God can transform everything. And if we just grasp what God's heart in it is, I know you will be better for it. So I'm I'm gonna break down the stages. Are you guys with me tonight? You're there? You alive? Sixth service of the day. Come on, you're alive. Okay. I wanna break down the steps and stages of this journey and we're gonna unpack that a little bit and I've given each one of them titles. There's, listen, there's a lot of notes to take in this, so if you wanna get to heaven, take the notes, right? <laughs> Studies show that 99% of people that go to heaven take notes, right? It's not real, but I wouldn't chance it, just don't risk it, just take the notes, it's gonna help. But if you wanna, if you wanna take these and like go on it further, it's, it's a great idea, but I got a lot of like points, subpoints, and statements. I don't normally do that, but I got lots of points, subpoints, and statements for you. Just because I can. All right. So the first one is step one of this prayer journey I've called honor. And the little subtitle under that is this, prayer lifts my perspective. Our father who art in heaven. That's how he begins the prayer. Our father who art in heaven. Um, I've got two little boys. My eldest boy Judah is nine years old and my youngest one Rocky is five and he's just got a wiggly tooth. And it's like really, it's kind of one of those bittersweet moments for us because he's so cute and like a little baby, and now he's going to be this munted face guy with no teeth in his mouth. And uh, there's that point where they go from cute to a bit weird. So he's in that stage. But when I, like, we, we live a pretty busy life, and, and uh, we don't, like, often I'll be, busy in the office, and busy in church, and kind of doing all this kind of stuff, and then I get home, and I know if you've got children, your kids aren't like this, because yours are perfect, but mine aren't, so I come home, and my kids, this is what they say to me, Dad, Dad, can we get this? Can we do this? Can you buy me this? Dad, we need this. Dad, can can I download this app on my iPad? I need to get this app. Can you give me permission to download this app on my iPad? Dad, I want to play PlayStation. Can you set up the PlayStation for me? Like, they're just demanding of me, right? And so I have a conversation with myself, like, like I want them to. I just start talking to myself. I'm like, hi, Dad. How are you, Dad, I'm great, Dad. So good to see you. How was your day, Dad? My day was fantastic, Dad. It's so nice for you to ask me that. And I'm like, kids, I'm I'm, I'm a person, not a vending machine, you know? Like, get to know me first. I'm not just here to give you stuff, man. I'm here to, like, I'm me. Love me. Not just my wallet. (laughs) In this prayer, in this first part of this prayer, Jesus is like, this is how you go to God. When you first go to God, you go to Him as your Father. You go to Him as your Father who's in heaven. He's holy, He's different, He's not like you. He's not like any father you might know. He's not like any father you've ever known. In fact, He's not like any father who's walked the face of this earth. He's different, He's holy, He's set apart. He's loving, He's, he's almighty. He is your Father, and He's your Father in heaven. And, and he, He's saying, when you go to God, you go relationally. And this is the message of the cross, is that Jesus bridged the gap to, build, to, to bridge the relational divide that was separating us from God, which was our sin in the middle of that. Jesus died, paid the price for our sin, and bridged the relational divide. And so Jesus like, when you go to God, go relationally. He's not some far off, distant, and bully God who's just waiting to punish you. He doesn't have a giant magnifying glass and take pleasure in burning you when the sun's hot. You know, He's not the distant God who's like removed from you that you can't know that is so aloof from you that he's untouchable and intangible and unknowable. He's your father in heaven. He's like, when you go to Him, go relationally. And when you shift your eyes to Him and you honour Him for who He is, my Father who's in heaven, it lifts your perspective from where you are and you start to see who He really is. Friends, I don't know like, where you're at in your walk. I don't know where you're at on this journey. I don't know what brought you into church today. But I can tell you this, the message of Easter is that you can know God. You can know Him. And Christianity is not about religion. It's about a relationship. It's in fact about a God who restored the brokenness of our relationship and reconciled us to Himself. It's about a relationship. And here's the truth, man. You can know Him. You can know Him. And our heart and our desire as a church and my heart and my desire as a pastor, first and foremost, above anything else, above anything you could do for God, above above anything you could say, it's just that you'd know Him. In fact, I believe the desire of God, the God's greatest desire of anything you could do with your life is just that you'd know Him. You see that all throughout scripture, just that you would know God. Do I need to swap mics? Is my good? Do I need to swap? Did you see how did, okay. yeah, did you see how smooth that was? No, <laughs> no. No one even noticed. I had to tell you that it was happening because you didn't even know. Here's a little statement for you. Prayer is not just about God doing stuff for you. It's about knowing Him. First and foremost, above anything else in this prayer, that's where, that's where God starts. He's like, before you ask for anything, before anything else happens, just know me. Know me as your father. Know me as this God that loves you so much. Know me as this God who created you and you and looks at you and sees you and knows you and knows your name. That's who I am first and foremost. Know me there first. My question simply to everyone here today is this. Do you know him? Because you can. And I'd love nothing more than to extend that invitation at the end of this service for you to come to know him. Because if you come to know him, I tell you what, I guarantee you with every dollar in my bank account and everything I have, I guarantee you it will transform your life like nothing else to know the loving grace of your heavenly father and be submitted to his, into his hands and know his transformative power from the inside out in your life. It is the most radical out there thing you could ever do. Just know him. And when you pray, man, you might be in really, really big stuff and life might be really, really big and might be out of control. You might be stuck in the middle of bigness, but when you lift your eyes and you see your Father in heaven, you realize how really, really big he is and how really, really small the stuff going on around you is. And so you come, God, I thank you that you're my Father. My Father in heaven, Lord, you're bigger than me. You've got a bigger perspective than me and I trust you as my Father. First and foremost, it's about honor. Do you know him today? Step two along the journey is, I've called Impact, impact. Here's a little statement. Prayer reminds me of God's plan. Prayer reminds me of God's plan. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Friends, God wants to use you. So first and foremost, know God, right? Just know Him. Secondly, you got to understand that God wants to use you to transform this world. The second part of this prayer, before you even get to you, is about God first and then it's about other people. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The very next part of the prayer is about impact. It's not about your need. It's not about what you want. It's about impact. It's about the fact that God wants to use you to transform this world. I don't know if you know this, friends, but you're not an accident. You're not a mistake. You're not some cosmic weird thing that just happened to show up on planet earth today. No, friends, you are designed and created with purpose. There's destiny on your life. I'm here to tell you today that you're created in divine image. You're made in the image of a loving. God. You're not a mistake. And inside of you, God's put stuff in you that this world needs right now. There's gifts, there's graces, there's personalities that God has put inside of you that God wants to bring out in His purpose, in His way, in His time, so you can transform the face of this world for His kingdom's cause. That's good news, I think, somebody. Come on. And this is how God, this is how God brings His His kingdom from heaven to earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it, is, as, it is, as it is in heaven. That was a little stutter. I don't know what was going on there. Had a seizure? I'm over it. Maybe a mini stroke. I don't know. Let's pray. As it is in heaven. The thing is, God brings heaven to earth through you and I. How does God transform this world? He transforms it through you and I. He uses us for whatever reason. God's chosen to do that. I don't know why he has. I don't understand why he has, but He has. He wants to use you and I to impact and impart His grace and His love and His truth to this world. Here's another statement for you. Prayer is not just about God doing stuff for you. It's about God doing stuff through you. And that's the second part of the stage of prayer is that, man, I can know God. And then secondly, I'm going to understand that. I've got a part in God's plan. And I want to see God bring his kingdom to earth today, not just in my life, but through me, into the lives of other people. So you begin to pray and you start to say things like, God, I pray today that your kingdom would come and your will be will be done on earth as it is in heaven through my life. And God, use me, however you want to use me to, to impact this world. God, use me in my workplace, in my school, in my university, in my study, in that situation that is so dark and so horrible. God, I pray you use me to bring light into that. God, I pray today that your truth would come come through in my words, in my speech, and my action, God. I pray that with His hurting and then needs healing, God, that you would use me to bring healing to this world. God, I pray that you would use me to bring truth and grace and love. What does the kingdom look like? It's love. It's joy. It's peace. It's goodness. It's, it's, it's God's grace and mercy in situations. It's healing. It's abundance. It's overflow. It's grace. It's generosity. That's the kingdom. And when you bring the kingdom to earth, it starts to transform the earth. But it starts person to person and meeting to meeting, and environment to environment, and God uses you to bring it. And so when you pray, you're saying, God, use me in this moment to help this situation. God, use me today. Here's a great question. If God answered all your prayers today, would it change the world, or would it just change your world? Because the second part of the stage of prayer is that God would use you to impact this world. Before you even get to you, it's about God using you to transform people, Step number three along this journey I've called need. And the little statement I've got here is prayer communicates my need. Give us this day our daily bread. Um, we, um, we used to do shopping a lot, just like normal people do shopping, with a shopping list. And uh, my wife would always send me with a shopping list because if I didn't have a shopping list, I'd just get anything. Like I'd go into the shops and I'd go hungry. You never shop when you're hungry, man. Like, oh, you go to the shop. I'm like, I'm, I need that. I definitely need that. I need three of those. You're, like, you're just so hungry. Everything is delicious. And so you get it all in your trolley. You bring it home. You don't need any of it. You eat one thing. You're like, man, I'm full now. I don't need any of you. I don't know why I bought you guys in the first place. And so I would get sent to the shops with a list. We don't do this anymore because we discovered countdown online shopping. Listen, two things will transform your life, Jesus and Countdown Online Shopping. I'll tell you what, it is the most unbelievable thing. You go on the thing, man shows up a few hours later, goes in his truck, brings it to your door. Thank you, Lord. That's, that $10 delivery is worth every single dollar. I'll pay that every day. It was, it's amazing. But we used to have to go, I used to have to go with a list, man. And if I didn't have the list, I'd get all manner of things. And, you know, sometimes when you go to God in prayer, it's kind of like you're going with a shopping list sometimes, right? Where you're like, God, I need this, and I need this, and I need this, and you're just ticking off the shopping list. God, I need this, and I need this, and I need this. Can I tell you that that is okay? Because part of prayer is communicating your need. That's what part of prayer is, is communicating to God the need that you have. Listen, I wanna tell you, God cares enough about you because He's your Father in heaven. He cares enough about you to be interested in the details of your life. In fact, the Bible says that God uh, directs the steps of the godly and He delights in every detail of their lives. God is interested in the big and the small of your life, the details. He's interested in the shopping list, friends. He's interested in the little things that you need that you don't think He's interested in. But here's what we do. We will often pray to God for the big things, but the little things we don't ask Him because we know He's got big stuff on His hands so we treat God like a person and so when we go to God in prayer we kind of approach him a bit like this I need to I want to ask for this but oh man I know he's real busy I know he's got a lot on his plate And uh, you know, there's like wars going on over there and there's famines over there, there's hungry kids over there. And so I just, look, I won't bother him because I know he's got a lot to deal with right now. We minimize God and his bigness to to what we can understand and we can fathom. God is way bigger than anything you can conceptualize or understand in your own mind. And here's what I wanna tell you. The very first miracle that Jesus did when he was on earth was to turn water into wine at a wedding. The wedding ran out of wine, and he made more wine. He's interested in the small things. He's interested in the big things. And no matter how big or small, I want to encourage you, begin to ask again. Some of you gave up asking a long time ago. Some of you gave up asking because the answer didn't come how you thought it would come. Friends, keep communicating your need. That's what prayer does. It's about communicating your need. Step number four along this pathway I've called transformation. Transformation. And the statement under this is this, prayer aligns my life. Prayer aligns my life. It says this, and forgive us our debts or forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Transformation. See, prayer, a part of prayer is God using that prayer to align your life with his best for you, and to get rid of the stuff that is not his best for you. One of the most challenging moments in any young man's life, and I'm glad there's a number of young men on the second row there, and this is gonna be helpful for you. The most challenging moments in any young man's life is when a girl looks at him and says, what do you think? Because rarely there's no good answer to this question. The challenge gets even greater because girls sometimes go to the hairdresser for a light trim, and then they expect you to notice the difference. You know, like, what do you think? About what? You know, notice anything? Yep. What do you like? All of it. I like all of it. It's all, it's all really good. I really like all of it. Like, can we just go now? Like, this is, the boys just think, let's get out of here. Friends, I kind of feel like, girls, when you go to the hairdresser, you should come out looking different. That's just my opinion, right? <laughs> it, should be, it, should, it should be an element of transformation that takes place when you go to the hairdresser. It'll be like me showing up and going, guys, you like my haircut. It'll be like, what is going on with this man? See, when you, go to, when you go to God in prayer, there's an element of it that is transformative inside of your life. Like when you go to God in prayer, you should leave that prayer different. You shouldn't go into prayer and come out the same person with the same problems and the same sin and the same unforgiveness and the same resentment and the same undealt with issues. You shouldn't come out the same because part of prayer is transformation. It's God taking you and aligning you with his best for your life. Forgive us our sins. Like the reason he said, forgive us our sins in the prayer that you're to pray is because he knew that you would sin. Like he knew that you'd mess up. He knew that you coming to him and having your life transformed by him doesn't mean that you're automatically a perfect person. It means that you're going to need his forgiveness and his grace on the daily. You're going to have to come to him and be transformed in the process. See, prayer is not just about God doing stuff for you. It's about God doing stuff in you. Prayer is not just about God doing stuff for you. It's about God doing stuff in you. See, when you, this, I love this about Jesus. Like when you come to Jesus, you get to come as you are. Like, you don't have to fix yourself up. You don't have to get yourself right. You don't have to get it all together. You can just come to Him just as you are. And many people get messed up with this because you invite them to church. You say, you should come along. And they're like, yeah, someone like me wouldn't fit there because I've got this and i got this. Like, I'll come one day, but I just need to deal with this part of my life and this part of my life. So they want to get themselves all fixed up before they come to God. But the truth is, if you could have fixed yourself up already, you would have done it by now. But the truth is, you can't fix yourself up. That's why Jesus showed up on this planner to fix you Himself. He's the great physician. He didn't come for for those who are well. He came for the sick. He didn't come for the righteous. He came for the unrighteous. And that's why we're here. And so you get to come to Him just as you are. But praise God, He loves you too much to let you stay as you are. Because He knows the broken, messed up you is not the best you. He knows the broken, messed up you is not the you He wants you to be long term. He wants to take you on a journey. And the process begins with this thing called being born again by the Spirit of God. It's this moment when you surrender your life to Him and He gets to work on the inside of you. It's the transformative power of His Holy Spirit. And you don't know what took place. You surrender your life to Jesus. Now you talk different, walk different, think different, speak different, act different. There's a whole different world that's going on in the inside of you because God. God got to work on the inside and He cleans you from the inside out, not the outside in. So you might still have a few hangups and stuff, but you know you're a different person now. Stuff going on on the inside of you that God is getting into, man. And this is, this is the amazing part of prayer, man. You get to go to prayer. You go to God and you can say, God, I need your help because I'm still a bit broken here and I need your forgiveness. God, forgive me of this debt. Forgive me of this sin. Forgive me of this thing I did wrong. I, God, I know I'm doing that wrong, and I shouldn't be doing that, and I don't want to live that way anymore, so God, help me to, to, to move on from that. Lord, deliver me from that evil. Lord, deliver me from that mindset. Deliver me from that old way of living and being and speaking. God, deliver me from that old like, way I used to think about all kinds of different things. God, deliver me from that stuff, and then God goes on to say, now I'm going to forgive you when you ask me to, but Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and forgive other people too. Forgive us our sins, and Lord, help us to forgive those who sin against us. Here's what we do. Like, we we ask, we like God forgiving us. Like, we pray, hey, God, forgive me, but we pray karma for everybody else. Like, we want God's forgiveness for us. We want karma. Lord, karma says, like, you get what you deserve. So we're like, God, forgive me, but get them. That's what I want you to do, God. They've been mean to me, they hurt me, and I want, go get him. Listen, like karma says you get what you deserve, but the cross says Jesus got what you deserve. And I'm so thankful that we don't serve a God of karma who gives us what we deserve. In fact, he gives us what we don't deserve. He gives us his free gift of grace where I deserve the cross, I deserve punishment, I deserve separation from my sin, yet he extends me grace and blessing and forgiveness. And he says, go give that to other people too. Here's why, and this is the thing, man. Why would, why would Jesus put in this prayer, this Lord's Prayer, that you and I are to forgive other people? Seems kinda weird. It's like, well, it, it seems like, well, I don't understand why he put that in there, but the reality is this, nothing will hinder your growth, nothing will rob your joy, Nothing will steal away the life and freedom that God has for you like unforgiveness will. Unforgiveness is poison to the soul. Unforgiveness, holding unforgiveness will stifle you in your growth and what God has for your life. You will never experience the full, free, abundant life that Jesus has for you and walk forward into the great plans he's got for your life with still holding on to unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting someone else to get sick. You get sick, friends, you, you, like, it, will, it will destroy your body, your mind, and your soul. So God says, hey, when you go to pray, like ask God for forgiveness, because you're gonna need it, but then also forgive other people, because they're gonna hurt you along the way, and it's not gonna be great, but you need to forgive other people. The last point of this, maybe if the team can join me, that'd be great. Point number five, I've called trust. Point four, prayer aligns my life. But point five is about trust. And here's my little statement under that. Prayer anchors my heart. Prayer anchors my heart. This last part of this um, prayer, it's found on only two of the Gospels. The Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke is the Lord's Prayer. But in the Gospel of Matthew, there's a little added zing on the end, which I quite like. And I'm gonna include it in this part here. It says simply this: For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. When our, our oldest son Judah, who's nine, uh, when he was a year old, uh, we had this kind of like medical gnarly thing take place. So I was at a rugby game, and Bex was home, and we had this like Judah was one, like he was this little cute little thing, and he was just walking around, just learned to walk and he was doing all the cute things babies do, still in nappies and I got a phone call from Bex saying, you need to like come meet me or something because um, Judah has, j- I've just changed his nappy and it's full of blood, full of blood, like craziness and um, so I freaked out and I met Bex down at the um, A&E, just down here, Bonnie and we got there and they didn't know what was going on. They were like freaking out, didn't know what was happening and uh They sent us to Middlemore. And so we went to Middlemore and they didn't know what was happening. They just, this happy little boy who's just literally filled the nappy, like filled the nappy with blood. And uh, then he bled again while we're at Middlemore. And so they were like, okay, this is not great. Um, So they, but he was happy, he was all good. And then they sent us to Starship. So we go to Starship, we're sitting in an emergency department and a few other emergencies come in and we just get bumped down the line. And then like five hours later, they took some blood tests and five hours later, they come back and this, this nurse just rushes in or doctor whatever she was. She rushes in and she says, um, is this Judah Green? I'm like, yeah. And she goes, um, he's lost over half of his blood. He needs an emergency blood transfusion because if he bleeds again, then there's a high likelihood we could lose him. And so we're freaking out. I'm like, oh my gosh, take my blood. Cause we had, this, we had the same blood type. So I'm like, do you need my blood? Like take whatever you need. And they're like, no, we have bags of it. So they're good, they're good. So donate blood, people. Um, and so they take him in and they, they, they give an emergency transfusion. And then uh, and we, we're just like in a, this sort of haze of what's going on. And then they do it, they have to do a bunch of scans and try like, what is going on with this kid? And they find out, they they diagnose them with this really rare thing called a Meckel's diverticulum or Meckel's diverticulitis. If you're a doctor, you would be like, oh, that's very interesting. Anyone who sees this chart now, they're like, whoa, tell me about that, because it's so like rare. And what had happened was basically when he was forming in his mummy's tummy, this, his intestines kind of developed a bit wrong in one spot, and uh, what was happening was the lining was being eaten away of his intestine, and so blood was filling up this portion of his intestine, and then it would just um, like evac- all the blood would just whew, just come out, and uh, that was what was going on. So they were like, you know, we need to operate on him, and we have to do the surgery and pull out that portion of his intestine and chop it and resell it back together. And once we do that, he'll be absolutely fine, but it's quite a, like a thing. And he's this little one-year-old kid, man. And so he's like our pride and joy. And we just, so we're in the, in, in the like weight room getting ready, like prep for surgery. And there's this point that comes when you parents, and there's this point that comes where the, where the nurse and the doctor come to get him. And uh, we're, not, we're not allowed to go. So we have to hand him over. We're not allowed to go. So we can't be in the operating room. We asked, no, you can't be there. We can't be anywhere near him. So we, just have to, we literally just have to hand him over. And he was really cool because he, he, he was like a little church rugby ball as a baby. We just passed him around everybody. So he didn't care who you were. He's like, cut off. You know, he just loved you. So yeah, but that worked in our favor. Because the nurse came and she just like puts her hands out. He's like, yay. And, um, but there's this point where we have to hand him over and they take him away. And we don't know. Like we, we, we know it's gonna be about three, four hours, but we don't know, it could be longer, we just, and there's this really, there's this point where we have to trust as parents. We have to trust that the surgeons and the doctors are the experts at what they do. Like we gotta trust that these guys really know what they're doing. They know how to operate, they know how to do the surgery, they are the experts to do this, and we just have to trust that they are. Friends. I want to tell you, there's a point in your life and there's a point in your prayer journey every time you pray where you have to trust that God is the expert of your life. Where you can't control all the outcomes and all the ins and outs of it, but you simply have to trust that His is the kingdom, His is the power, and His is the glory forever. And you have to sit there and you have to go, God, at the end of all this where I've honored You, and, and I've realized that you want to use me to change this world and I've communicated all my needs that I have to you and, and Lord, all of this stuff that's going on, Lord, you're transforming me from the inside out. Lord, now I have to, at the end of all that, I have to just trust you that you know what you're doing. Because if you don't trust at the end of all that, the danger is, as you start to believe that you had something to do with the outcome of your prayer. If you don't trust at the end of all this that God knows what He's doing, you'll start to think, man, oh, I, if God didn't answer you the way he, you wanted Him to or as fast as you wanted Him to or in time or whatever, you start thinking, man, I should have prayed more. I should have had more faith. I should have done this more. I should have done that less. If I'd only done that, then, then God would have answered. But that's a dangerous road to go down where you think you're the one responsible for the answer and the outcome. You're responsible for the request. God is the one who brings the outcome and it's His kingdom. It's His power. It's His glory. And it's His forever and ever. And when you can trust, you've got to trust that you see the temporal, but it's His forever and ever. He holds the eternal perspective. He sees the beginning from the end because look, He may not answer the way you want Him to and He may not answer the way you thought He would at all. He may not answer in the time you wanted Him to. He may not do what you thought He was supposed to do like He should do, but you have to trust that He sees the beginning and the end and He sees a much larger canvas that He's your Father in heaven, not on earth. He's in heaven. He has a much broader perspective and He's got the best for your life even if it doesn't make sense to you, that's the trust. That it's His kingdom, His power, His glory, not yours. It's not your kingdom, it's His. It's not your power, it's His. It's not your glory at the end of it all, it's His glory. It's trust, it's trust. See, prayer is not just about God doing stuff for you. It's about learning to trust. It's about learning to trust. Friends, I don't know where you are on the prayer journey, I don't know what your prayer life looks like, how good, great, or rubbish it is. I do know this, prayer is so much more than God just doing stuff for you. Prayer is a transformative pathway. The door of prayer is open to every one of us through what Jesus did on that cross. God is only one conversation, one prayer away. He's your Father in heaven. He loves you, he's holy. He wants to use you to transform this world. He wants to know whatever your need is, let him know he's interested. He wants to help. He wants to transform you in that whole process, forgive you and help you to forgive and help you live a different way. And then he wants you to trust him at the end of all that. Friends, I don't know where you're at in that spectrum of prayer. Can I encourage you tomorrow, get up, is a little bit early. Like, it doesn't have to be crazy early, just like 20 minutes earlier than you would. And just spend a few moments in prayer And if you do that every day for the next week, I guarantee you, you'll show up to 5 p.m. church next week and you'll be a very different person because prayer is not a waste of time. Prayer is in a phenomenal transformative power in your life. Don't ever underestimate it and don't ever lose sight of it. Maybe you're a prayer, keep going. Maybe you've never prayed, maybe start. Maybe you're somewhere in the middle, take another step. Can I pray for you tonight, church? Let's just take a moment, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Lord, I thank You for the cross of Jesus. God, I thank You for all You did to restore us to Yourself. And God, I pray tonight for all of us, no matter where we are on this prayer journey, no matter where we are, whether we are prayers or whether we're not, I pray You'd help us to discover the richness, the life and the vibrancy that is a daily conversation with You. And God, I pray through that process, you would do what you do and transform us into the people you're calling us to be. I ask this in your mighty name, Jesus. Just while every eye is still closed and head bowed, I'd love to extend one more invitation to you today. If you're here in church and you don't know God, you've never made a decision to follow Him, Maybe you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. Maybe you've been in church for a long time, but you you really like, you know you're messing up and you're living a a different way. And I don't know what your story is, but I do know this. I know God loves you. I know He made you and He doesn't make mistakes. I know He created you with purpose and destiny in mind. I know that we all mess up. All of us, every one of us messes up. But God is... In His amazing grace, He sent His Son Jesus to a cross. It's the story of Easter. When He died on that cross, He took upon Himself what you and I would do for our sin. And He extends to every single person here today. Not judgment for your sin, not condemnation for your sin. He extends to you His grace. Forgiveness for all of your wrongs. A new life that begins right here, right now. It's called being born again by the Spirit of God. He gives you a great hope for your future. He's got plans for you. He wants to use you. And you get this amazing promise of eternity in heaven with Him. And I want to give you this opportunity. If you you don't know Him today, if your life's not right with Him today, to pray this prayer with me. I'm going to pray this prayer out loud. You don't have to pray it out loud. You just pray it with me in your heart. But just say these words. Say, God, today I surrender my life to You. I know that I've sinned and I've messed up but I believe, Jesus, that you died for me. So right now, I turn from my old way and I turn to you. I ask you to come into my life and make me brand new today. I choose from this day to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Just while your eyes still closed and head bowed, I wanna give you an opportunity to respond. If If you prayed that prayer tonight, Can I just say, I am so proud of you. As a church, we are so proud of you. I think this is the greatest decision you could ever make in your entire life. And I don't know whether you made that decision right now for the very first time, or maybe you're coming back to God and recommitting your life into His hands. But I'd love for you to do one small thing. I'm gonna count to three. And on the the count of three, all I want you to do is lift your hand nice and high. I don't wanna embarrass you, I'm not gonna call you out, I'm not gonna stand you up. All I'll do is acknowledge your hand and you can pop it straight back down. But this is one little step of faith you can take. Are you ready? On the count of three, one, two, three. Hands up nice and high saying, Steve, that's me. Count me in. Yeah, my man, right down the back. I see you, brother. That's awesome. Yeah, over there too, my man, I see you, mate. That's incredible. Anyone else saying, Steve, that's me. Count me in. Yep, I see you there. Awesome. Anyone else saying, come on, Steve. That's me, I pray that prayer. Fantastic. Fantastic. God, we thank you so much for what you're doing here tonight. And Lord, I pray your blessing on all of those who just said yes to you. I thank you that right now a party is kicking off in heaven. And so we rejoice with all heaven tonight as lost ones come back to you. We bless them now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together for those people that said yes to Jesus. Awesome.
1: Man, so so cool to see people making the decision. And I want to encourage you, if you made that decision tonight, on your seat or somewhere nearby will be one of these orange connect cards. And on the second box down, uh, there's a box that says, I'm committing or recommitting my life to Christ. I want to encourage you, if that's you and you made that decision, to simply tick that box and in a moment as the offering buckets go by, to simply pop it in. One of the team uh, will get in contact with you this week and, and help you to take that as next step help you to discover the life that God has for you and and, and help you to make sense of the decision that you made. Uh, along with that, there's a bunch of other boxes that you can tick as well. Maybe you feel like your next step is to get baptized. You've been around for a while, but you feel like God's been laying that on your heart, you can tick that as well. Or maybe you wanna attend growth track. We've got a new course that's just started today. And we really believe here at Elam that each person is made uniquely, that God has wired you with gifts and talents and a personality that, that go together. Uh, and when, when we understand the way that God has made us, we can really begin to make the difference that He intended us for us to make. And it would be our pleasure to, to help you on that journey, help you on that journey of discovery, to discover how God's made you and how you can use uh, the way that God's wired you to really begin to make a difference in your world. So that course runs for four weeks. And it runs through our 10 a.m. service here uh, in the morning. Uh, We've got donuts, we've got coffee, uh, and that's really all you need, to be honest. Uh, And so we encourage you to come along today. You can simply just tick the box and we'll get in contact with you. Uh, We've got a small group to leaders training happening as well in a couple of weeks' time on a Tuesday, and that's on the... 16th of April at 7 p.m. So if you lead a small group, uh, we'd love to see you there. And if you don't, but you're interested, you can register for that as well. Come along and find out all there is to know about small groups. You can email smallgroups at to RSVP or just speak to Anna and Shiba to answer any of your questions. Uh, I know that you guys know that on Sunday... Uh, there's a lot going on, that things are happening and it's exciting, but I don't know if you know, but during the week it's just the same, that every day there is something happening here in the life of the church. We've got different courses happening and it's so cool to walk through even just the foyers or the cafe and see small groups meeting and uh, people being, uh, connecting and, and, and doing life. And, you know, that wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for your generosity. Um, you know, I just love seeing a different groups meeting and even just the other day, Elam woman had like five ladies get baptised. And I'm so thankful for Elam woman because they have great snacks, uh, which end up upstairs for me to consume afterwards. And uh, you know, that only happens because you're generous. It only happens because you're giving. And I wanna let you know, truth that your giving is making a difference. Now, what you do is making a real difference and you might not be able to see everything that happens, but let me tell you, man, people's lives are being changed, not just on a Sunday, but all through the week. So come on, as the team get ready to receive the giving, let's pray together. God, we just thank you, God, for your goodness towards us. God, we thank you for the thousands of lives, God, that have been changed uh, for eternity, God, through this house. We thank you for the generous giving of of people that continue to sow, God, into what you're doing. And we pray that you would bless this giving, Lord, and you would use it to expand your kingdom here in East Auckland, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey,